The Dallas Stars took down the San Jose Sharks on Saturday night, and they have a very busy and challenging week ahead of them with a trip to Western Canada. And we'll talk about it all and some mailbag questions on today's episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey, coming to you on this Monday, April 18th. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.net where the game starts. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars and for making us your first listen of the day. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to us, whether it's on your favorite podcasting platform, YouTube. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked on Stars and myself at Locked on, or at Dane double underscore Lewis. Uh, and, you know, do that if you don't do so already. Truly do appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting the show in all the ways that you do. But without any more hesitation, let's get right down to it. Big week for the Dallas Stars, as it is for a lot of teams in the NHL. Uh, A big stretch of the season as we are kind of in the last two-week, 10-day period for the regular season of the 2021-2022 National Hockey League campaign. Uh, And what a wild one it's been for pretty much every single organization. We welcomed a new team in the Seattle Kraken, uh, had a COVID pause in the middle of the year, and have seen some pretty intense division races that some are still taking place even as we speak right now. But the Dallas Stars holding their own amongst the chaos. And uh, Saturday was a great example of that. Dallas got the win at the American Airlines Center to close out their three-game homestand against the San Jose Sharks. Certainly not one of their best games of the season, but they did get the job done in two-to-one fashion, taking down San Jose and winning two of the three games at home and getting five out of six possible points, losing in overtime to the Minnesota Wild uh, last Thursday night. And what was a pretty entertaining game, if I do say so myself, but Dallas gets two points and they are now technically tied uh, at, for wild card spots with Nashville, I think they technically have the first wild card spot as of right now. But both teams have the same amount of points, and they distance themselves from Vegas. I think Dallas now is four points above the Vegas Golden Knights, and so as of right now, the Central Division would have five teams in the postseason if the regular season ended today. So Dallas sitting in a pretty good spot. They took care of business during this recent homestand and did just about all they could outside of stopping Kevin Fiala uh, and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the other night, um, but still getting a point out of that game was huge. And then, of course, closing out the homestand against the inferior San Jose Sharks, massive as well. And the Stars did it in a way that we've had to see them win some games this year in a more non-traditional format, but also very traditional if you've been watching the Stars for the past several years, being a defensive-minded team. They didn't generate much offense, but the game-winning goal that the Stars ended up scoring was an absolute beauty. An excellent play from Luke Glendening and Michael Roffel, who we'll talk about a little bit later in greater detail on a shorthanded breakaway goal. And it's just one of those goals that they just 100% deserved a moment like that. Both those guys have 
has been monumental to this team this season. And again, we'll dive into some of the numbers in a later segment on today's episode. But it was just such a great goal. And the fact that they were, you know, still going in stride and able to celebrate behind the goal after the puck goes in the net, just an awesome moment. And of course, really exciting to always see a shorthanded goal go in favor of the Stars. I know as of late, the Stars have seen some shorthanded goals go in the back of their net. Um, which you know you never want to see at all, but they've done a pretty good job of keeping shorthanded goals at a minimum this season. But they've generated some good looks on the man disadvantage themselves, and Saturday night was no exception. And Michael Raffle has had so many shorthanded goal attempts this season, and this it's finally about time that we finally saw him put one uh, where it belongs in the back of the net, past the goalie, past Capo Kakin, who actually did not get pulled. Uh, his only start the season against the Stars, either for the Wild or the Sharks, where he was not pulled for a different goalie uh, throughout the game. So uh, good for him, I guess, even though the Stars still get the win in this one. But speaking of goalie play, you also have to give your fair amount of credit to Jake Ottinger in this game, who delivered another great performance, uh, still on his way to 30 wins on the year, which I know a lot of people will argue that wins is not the most important goalie stat. I will agree on that, but I do think it is still uh, a stat that's worth noting because if you get a win as a goalie, that means you were probably helping put your team in a position to win a game. Maybe not necessarily if it's a shootout kind of game with a lot of goals, but in a game like this, I think the game, you know, the win certainly has to be awarded partially to the goalie, uh, a low scoring affair. They certainly did their job and Jake Ottinger did a fantastic job in this game against the Sharks. The only goal he gives up uh, as a, a goal from Timo Meyer, the probably the best offensive threat on this Sharks team. And it was a, a tough screenshot, like four guys in front of the net. I mean, that's a hard play for any goalie to make, but especially, uh, you know, a, a guy like Ottinger, who's still young and still developing to some degree, probably still not even playing the best that he possibly can as a goalie, just for that fact that he's still young. He's still kind of in a developmental stage. At the start of the year, we thought he was going to be an AHL guy for the majority of the 21-22 campaign. But look at him now, saving 23 of 24 shots against the Sharks on Saturday. And it's great to see him staying true to form to what we've seen from him most of the season, despite some good outings from Scott Wedgwood. I mean, again, we're thankful to have Wedgwood on the roster, given the, the rest of the goalie situations with Hugh Dobin and Holt to be likely not coming back for the remainder of the regular season or the playoffs. But, you know, I feel like it could have been one of those situations where Wedgwood comes in and he gives some of these lights out electric performances and maybe it shakes Jake Ottinger's confidence a little bit, thinking, you know, oh, the new guy in town is here to steal my thunder and here to steal my mojo. But they seem to complement each other really well and seem to have nothing but nice words for one another and seem to get along great. The chemistry in the locker room seems about the same as it has been um, from all we can tell from watching on TV or watching in the American Airlines Center. So it, it seems like a great goalie duo. And if anything, it probably is challenging Jake to better himself. Uh, so that way the coaching staff knows that, hey, even if Scott Wedgwood has a good game, uh, you can still rely on me to go out any night against any team. And I'm still going to give you all I got. And it's probably going to be a pretty dang good performance. So overall, uh, a great win for the Stars. Definitely not a necessarily a great game from the team as a whole. Not the kind of game you want to see from the Stars down the stretch. If they had played this way against a superior opponent or even an opponent that they're going to play over their next three games, the result might have been a little bit different. But they grinded it out. They fought hard and they got the job done. They got two points and now they are sitting in a pretty good spot as far as playoff positioning goes, going into this Western Canada road trip against the Canucks, Oilers, and Flames. But coming up next, we will be answering some of you guys' mailbag questions. And then later in the show, we will talk about tonight's matchup with the Vancouver Canucks. But first, 
We're going to take a quick moment to stop and say thank you to some of our sponsors. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their product, AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery. It supports mental clarity and alertness. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Tons of people take the same kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Moving on on today's Monday episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. This is your host, Dane Lewis, at Dane double underscore Lewis on Twitter. You can give me a follow there. You can also follow our show on Twitter at Locked on Stars, where every now and then I throw out a mailbag tweet. And so today I'll be answering a few questions from Twitter. The first one from Dakota Scott. He's been following the show for a while now. Always active on Twitter. Appreciate the follows and listens, Dakota. Uh, appreciate these questions as well. He asks, was signing Luke Glendening our biggest offseason move of 2021? The energy he brings to the stars is on another level. And I 100% agree with that statement. Luke Glendening uh, is certainly an energetic guy. Never really seems to take a shift off. Always playing hard. Uh, that's a, the reason that he's on that checking line with Raffle and Roddick Foxa. And to answer the question of if he's the best offseason signing, uh, I would say it's either him or the aforementioned Michael Raffle. And uh, you look at Luke Glendening; he hasn't missed a single game all season. He's uh, one of the guys on the roster um, that's just you know one of the toughest guys on the team. I would bet uh, up there with guys like probably Radulov or Fox or Joe Pavelski. A uh, lot, a lot of tough guys on this roster. I mean, not to to discredit anyone, but. Luke Glendening's about as tough as they come, as much as he's throwing his body around on the boards, running into guys, taking a whole lot of contact. Michael Roffle, about the same way. He's played 69 out of the 75 games for the Stars so far this season. And barring uh, you know any traumatic or big injury, I can't imagine any of them missing games for the rest of the season or postseason, knock on wood. Uh, would really love to see both of these guys being healthy going into the final stretch of the year and the postseason if the Stars make it and just looking at these guys as a whole they the impact that they've had on this team goes beyond the initial box score of goals assists, points things like that because they're not going to wow you with those numbers neither of those guys have really ever been that guy for their teams you know the red wings or the philadelphia flyers 
both, you know, where they came from before they came to Dallas. But Luke Glendening, you know, his impact is going to be felt in the defensive zone, neutral zone, in the faceoff circle on the penalty kill. He leads the Dallas Stars in defensive zone starts and defensive zone faceoff. So that basically means if the Stars are in a situation where they are starting in their own zone, they want Luke Glendening out on the ice more often than not, either to get the faceoff or to try to prevent the other team from having an opportunity at a goal. And Michael Roffel ranks fifth in both of those percentages. So, I mean, he's another guy that's right up there with Luke Glendening, Roddick Fox. As far as forwards go, um, I say all that with with forwards in mind, not necessarily defensemen, but obviously defensemen is not going to be ranked anywhere in the faceoff circle as well. But as far as forwards, uh, Luke Glendening and Michael Roffel, both top five in defensive zone starts and defensive zone face-offs for forwards on the team. And so that's an incredible impact. And I think both guys have been pretty disciplined as far as penalty minutes as well. Uh, I think Luke Glendening's only at 13. I can't remember what Michael Raffles is at off the top of my head, but I know there haven't been many moments where I've thought, oh, Michael Raffles going to the penalty box. But when either of those guys do go to the box, uh, it's I'm a little bit more worried than I am uh, when you see a guy like Radulov go to the box with his offensive zone penalties or even Jamie Ben. I mean, Jamie Ben's a guy that you can put out there on the penalty kill, but I would much rather have uh, a Vlad Nemestikov or a Luke Glendening or Michael Roffel out there as far as forwards go. And, you know, you look at them specifically in the faceoff circle. Uh, there's a reason that Luke Glendening gets all these defensive zone faceoffs. He wins 59% of his faceoffs. So that, I mean, that's 60% pretty much. That's six times out of 10 that he's probably going to win his faceoff against an opponent. Michael Roffel, 53%. So definitely not bad as on, you know, at all on his end. He's not going to take as many faceoffs as Glendening, but. You know, still a great guy to have. I mean, you've seen the way he's performed on the shorthanded goal attempts and even the shorthanded goal success of scoring one himself. Uh, but of course, he had that game against St. Louis where he and Rope Hintz teamed up for two shorthanded goals. And he just seems to always be making plays like that, even sometimes on the five on five, helping generate a breakaway attempt. So you you can't underestimate or undermine the impact of either Luke Glendening or Michael Raffle. Those I would say they're probably tied as our best offseason acquisitions. I I don't really think we miss too hard on too many offseason acquisitions. I I don't like Ryan Suter's contract, and I think Ryan Suter does get a lot of criticism. And sometimes I think it's fair, and sometimes I think it's unfair because statistically and sometimes even practically on the ice he's done some good things for this stars team uh but not quite worth the money that he's being paid uh over the next what four years and Braden Holtzby uh, maybe had a claim at it earlier in the year but you know I, just his injury and, and even his statistical numbers even while he was healthy were falling off a little bit and Yanni Hockenpah not a bad addition but not a guy that's blowing anyone away with numbers I think he's still in his developmental stage as well. And this year has probably been very good for him, getting as much play time as he's got and time on ice. I think he can only trend upward. Not a bad year, not a great year. Uh, you know, a solid player is number two, Yanni Hockenpah. But the next question uh, in our mailbag says, with Jason Robertson up for re-sign this summer, what kind of contract do you see him getting? Also, with signing Robertson to a long-term deal, is Klingberg all but gone? Unless he signs a super cheap deal, which I don't think... He will. All a lot to unpack there. One, I do think Jason Robertson will resign here in Dallas. Uh, I, I think it's no question that management and the coaching staff will want him back, regardless of who is the head coach or general manager for next season. Uh, if you don't want Jason Robertson on your team, you do not deserve to be a higher up in the NHL, whether that's a coach or in the front office. Uh, that is foolish, especially if you've seen the way he's performed. As you know, during his time as a Dallas star. So I think he will get a big deal in the summer. And, you know, again, to make a Kirill Kaprizov comparison, 
I imagine it will probably be similar to the deal he got uh, you know, around the early stages of this season. He has a five-year, $45 million deal, about $9 million a year. I can envision Robertson's contract maybe being a little bit longer, maybe a six- to seven-year deal, uh, maybe a similar deal to what Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn got, except I like the contract a little bit better for Robertson because he's still so early on in his career, but he's proven that he's worth big money. So, I mean, unless it's just something outrageous, there's not really uh, an amount of money that I will be upset that the stars will pay Jason Robertson to stay here. Um, and I imagine they're going to throw quite a bit of cash at him uh, just to get him to stay in Dallas long-term. And I think I'm okay with that. I don't know if there's going to be any stars fans that wouldn't be okay with that either. Uh, he's a, a generational talent. G- destined to be one of the best players in the NHL for a long time and probably going to be up there in the conversation as one of the best forwards probably the next 10 years or so. Um, And so I I imagine, you know, something over five years and something probably around the 40 to $50 million mark, uh, you know, contracts sometimes mess with my head a little bit because I'm not a big math guy, but the stars will have a little bit of cap space clearing up this summer, potentially. Um, I think there's some guys on their way out. Even, you know, Andre Sekera only getting like a million dollars this year. He's going to be uh, at the end of his contract. I imagine he won't come back. Alexander Radulov is currently taking up 7.7% of the cap space for the stars. He's done at the end of the season with his contract and with his age. Can't imagine he will be coming back to Dallas after the end of the season. And John Klingberg, also kind of the, the elephant in the room. Many thought he might leave at the trade deadline, but, you know, he's still here. He's going to finish out this campaign with the Dallas Stars. But if if the rumors are true that he wants this big, you know, eight-year deal, you know, over $60 million, I, I don't think he's going to stay in Dallas because I don't think he'll get that contract from the Stars. I think if the Stars were going to give him that money, they would have done so already. Um, but, of course, I think that they're looking even deeper into the future with guys like Robertson and Hintz, Peterson, and probably even some of the guys that are playing at the junior hockey level right now uh, in Johnston, Stankoven, Bork. Guys like that. So it's just one of the unfortunate circumstances of that deal. Maybe John Klingberg comes back and signs a cheaper deal. But again, I I agree with the the question uh, that was asked. I don't think he will take a cheaper deal to stay in Dallas. Michael Roffel and Vlad Nemestikov are guys that their contracts will expire at the end of this season. Both will be UFAs. Denis Gurionov will be a restricted free agent at the end of this season. That's going to be an interesting storyline to follow to see what the future holds for Denis as far as his you know, stance with the stars and if he'll be coming back or if he will be going to a different team. Very curious to see how all of that will shape out. Rope Hintz is going to be due for a new contract at the end of next season. Jacob Peterson in the same boat, still on his rookie deal, just like Jason Robertson. So there's a lot of moving pieces here and the future of the stars. I think the stars team will look drastically different next year as it does this year. I mean, there will still be a lot of the same faces. Sagan and Ben will probably still be on the team. Joe Pavelski, we know, is already coming back. Rope Hintz will be coming back. Jason Robertson will likely be getting a big deal. Miro Haskinen is signed for the long term. On and on and on. Uh, I think, you know, there'll still be some of the familiar faces, but at the same time, I think we will probably be seeing some, you know, some summer free agent acquisitions, all kinds of deals going down and maybe making the look some big splashes. It's going to be fun to cover in the summer to see who the stars will go after. But coming up next, we will take a quick look and talk about tonight's matchup between the Dallas Stars and the Vancouver Canucks, the season series finale going down in Vancouver, all coming up after another quick break. And a thank you to some of our sponsors. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. 
Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. It is a busy time in the sports world, including here in Dallas. The Bet Online website has the Utah Jazz minus 5.5 over the Dallas Mavericks in tonight's matchup at the AAC without Luka Doncic. And if you even look at the NHL, Bet Online has the Vancouver Canucks at minus 1.5 over the Dallas Stars. You can see all of those odds and more at betonline.net. And BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline.net, where the game starts. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is also brought to you by Built Bar. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. High protein, low calorie. Replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Most Built Bars, however, contain only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a new flavor, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time because at Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Let's close out this Monday episode of Locked on Stars, giving you a quick preview of tonight's matchup going down in Vancouver Stars versus Canucks for the last time this season. And the Canucks are coming into this game riding a good win streak. They're winners of their last five. And they I think they've played the Vegas Golden Knights in like three of their last eight games or something like that. That's a lot of Golden Knights in one stretch of time. And uh, you know, some of the teams they've beaten, I think they've beaten Arizona twice, but I think they've also beaten Vegas twice. And uh, there's some other random team in there. I, I can't remember who off the top of my head, and I don't have their schedule pulled up. But nonetheless, winners of five in a row, nothing to scoff at coming into this game. Still in the playoff race. Technically, it would take a lot for them to make the playoffs. It would have to take some pretty big collapses from some teams in the Pacific Division and maybe even from Nashville and Dallas. But they are not eliminated yet. Neither are the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, so still very much alive in the hunt for the playoffs. So this is not a rollover game for them. This is not a, a game that the Stars should walk in and say, okay, this isn't a playoff team as of right now, so we have a good shot to win. This team, as far as I know, is still hungry and desires to make the postseason. They're going to try to do that by any means necessary. And of course, the Stars are standing in their way of that. So they're going to give the Dallas Stars everything they have in this game. And you know, they, they they certainly have the means to do so, as we've already seen twice this season, as the Stars have yet to beat the Canucks this year. And they the team is hot as a whole, but they have some individuals who have been playing very well ever since the start of April. Elias Pedersen has five goals, six assists, and 11 points total in the month of April. JT Miller has 10 points, one goal, nine assists. And the Vancouver power play has been an evolving storyline all season long. It wasn't very good to start the year, but now they have jumped all the way to eighth in the NHL in power play percentage, led by guys like Bo Horvat, Elias Pedersen, Brock Besser, they all have 10-plus power play goals. And JT Miller 
has 36 power play points, and Quinn Hughes, the defenseman, has 30 power play points. So a lot of guys on both of their power play units that can make some big plays, and they can score in a hurry against any team whenever they're on the man advantage. So Dallas will want to do what they've been doing pretty well as of late, which is avoid penalties. The Dallas Stars will have a much better chance to win this game if they can keep Vancouver off the man advantage and either stay at five on five or draw some penalties themselves uh, because the Canucks penalty kill is 29th in the NHL. So Dallas needs to stay out of the box, but also look to find ways to get Vancouver's players in the sin bin as much as they can. And, you know, this is game one of a back-to-back for the Vancouver Knicks. Certainly worth taking note of. The second game will be against the Ottawa Senators. So I imagine we will see Thatcher Demko in net for the Canucks against the better team in the Dallas Stars. And they can start their backup against Ottawa on Tuesday. And Demko's had a good season whenever he's matched up against Dallas. A 9-3-8 save percentage and two goals against average. And he has a 2-0 record against the Stars. And on Dallas's end, uh, no if fans or buts about it. This is a huge stretch of games, the final road trip of the season, and we need a big game from everyone. You have to start a road trip like this out with a W. This is probably the worst team you will see on this road trip, and it's still a very good team. You have to get the win. You have to stay sharp in this game and start the road trip out on the right foot because later on you have a back-to-back this week against the Oilers and the Flames, and those are going to be two incredibly challenging games and with that said i think the stars are able to get it done they're pretty hot themselves right now and i know that they have a little bit of confidence going and with the help of the st louis blues they have a chance to now leapfrog the predators for real uh, as far as points and standings no ifs ands or buts in this situation if the stars get the win two points above the preds if they get the victory and i think they do it four to three and i think joe pavelski scores first but that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on stars thank you again for stopping by and making us your first listen of the day be sure to hit that subscribe button if you're watching on youtube and the follow button on your favorite podcasting platform and leave a rating or review if you like what you hear you can also follow me on twitter at dane double underscore lewis and our show on twitter at locked on stars but that's going to do it again for today be sure to tune in tomorrow as we will react to and review this stars versus canucks matchup can't wait to see you there stars fans have a great monday